This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, good morning, Bethel family. It's good to be with you all. I can't think of a, a, a better way to come before you than to hear those voices to remind us. Uh, for those of you who haven't met, my wife introduced us. We're Daryl and Martha Jones. We serve as directors with the Military Ministry of Crew, but we also have the distinct privilege of being Bethel-supported missionaries. Amen? Amen. And as missionaries, we know you are for us, and your prayers keep us on the mission field. Uh, and before I forget, I do want to especially thank Amanda and I thank the teachers to bring our children out to share with us that very, very, very powerful song. And I, and I, and I hope you were listening to those powerful words. And I'll bring to your remembrance some other powerful words I think are perfect for our time together. We the people of the United States of America, in order to form a more perfect union, to establish justice, to ensure domestic tranquility, to provide for the common defense, to promote the general welfare, and to secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity, to hereby ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. I love the fact that in our founding of this nation, in our founding documents, as our children remind us, the blessings of liberty and freedom, they are a gift from on high, they're a blessing from heaven, and they are not just for us, but they are for our children and their children and their children and their children. The blessings that God has for us. We have reason to celebrate. You know, the past few weeks, Pastor Charles has been sharing on our series, Kingdom Now, and it's a reminder for those of us who are both citizens of the United States as well as citizens of heaven that we would attend ourselves now to the idea, to the thoughts of liberty and freedom and that which God recognizes as his own. And I can't think of a better time than this independence day service as we are on the precipice of celebrating our 246th birthday of these United States to come and turn our attention toward the idea of freedoms that we might live out our responsibilities as citizens of both this nation and the United States. Now, like you, Fourth of July comes with many, many images, and one of the most easily recognizable is that of our fireworks. For us in the United States, our tradition, we celebrate freedom. It also comes with fireworks. Sparklers and a firecracker here, and of course, those rockets that remind us of Francis Scott Key's Rockets red glare. And, you know, I'll just be honest with you. I, I'm an Air Force pilot, and the only thing I carried on my airplane were rockets and missiles. So I'm familiar with the rockets red glare, and I'll say at least more familiar than the people in lower Alabama that sell their fireworks to the people in Florida that come up and purchase them illegally and take them down and shoot them off in Florida. So I know a thing or two about the rockets, Rod Red Glare, and I remember we were down visiting Grandmommy, and I was with one of my sons, and I wasn't paying attention. I was just sitting outside enjoying Fourth of July. I'm sitting in my lawn chair, and my son said, ooh, Dad, rockets. And, and you know those times in your life where it seems like much like the Old Testament, the sun stands still and time stretches out. I just distinctly remember my son, and he said, Ooh, Dad, rockets. And I had just enough time to look over my shoulder, and sure enough, there he was, Florida man. Had a handful of bottle rockets, and he was putting them in a little bucket like one of those sand buckets kids use. He put these bottle rockets in there, and I look, and I just had enough time to say, he's not going to light those. <laughs> and sure enough, 
out comes the lighter. He lights the bottle rockets, and I go, that's not going to work. I mean, it's a handful of bottle rockets in a little plastic little tub, 30-degree angle, one-half MV square, rockets going off. I go, no, it's not going to run. Next thing I know, boom, the rockets fire, rockets red glare. But the rockets don't go up. They go sideways. Next thing I know, our lawn chairs are imitating the space shuttles. They're on fire, and all the Joneses are doing our river dance. It's a river dance celebrating the 4th of July. I finally remember that particular 4th of July. Whenever we get there, my sons will say, hey, Dad, fireworks? I said, no, just get a sparkler. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. You know, I share that not to demonstrate that the Joneses are familiar with Irish folk dancing and have somewhat of familiarity with performing it, but I share that with you because both freedom and fireworks have things in common. Both are powerful if used correctly, but both can be misused if not understood and applied in an unworthy manner. And I thought that today that we would take the opportunity to understand this idea of freedom, to appreciate the former and not the latter as citizens of both the United States and heaven, that we might open our Bibles to see what the Lord might uh, instruct us about this freedom that he has given us and how we might use and not misuse that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. It's in your New Testament. It follows 2 Corinthians. It's right before Ephesians. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. But before we begin that, let me just open just in a word of prayer. Father God, thanks so much. Thanks that as Pastor Ron reminded us, we live in a nation where you have gifted us with the blessings of liberty, that we might come and in freedom be able to worship our Lord and our Savior, that we might be able to instruct our children in the way they should go, that they should come and remind us of our blessings, not just for ourselves to use, but for them and their children and their children and their children. Remind us, Father God, of this precious gift that we have. We know this nation is not perfect, but Father God, we believe with every fiber of our being that you are using this nation and perfecting it for not just our good, but your glory. Attend to our hearts, Father, that we might understand and apply these blessed freedoms that you have given this day. And to that, all God's people said amen Amen. and amen. I'm going to read from verses 13 and 18, the fifth division of Galatians. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now be you a citizen of the United States, a citizen of heaven, or of both, The book of Galatians is of great importance to all of us because in it the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, is instructing us about this important idea of how we use the freedoms that we have been given. Freedoms that by Christ have propelled us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life. From the bondage of sin and death to that of freedom and liberty. We might understand the freedoms that we have been given. And like fireworks poorly handled, Paul's readers were in danger of returning into bondage. Paul reminded them first you had been given freedom, but the Galatians, they had a problem. Some were looking to go back into slavery. They were uh, accepting the bondage of men's expectations, religious practices. They were exchanging the freedoms, the liberties they had in Christ, and and they were saying, hey, Jesus is good, but how about some circumcision to add on to that? And Paul's like, whoa, 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 it is for freedom that Christ set you free. You've misunderstood. And some of the Galatians 
They were misapplying their freedoms in Christ. They said, hey, it's like Willy Walker. We got the golden ticket. We're going to heaven. We can do whatever we want. I'll see you at the temple. I'll it's like Paul's like, no, 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 no. God did not give you your freedom that you might abuse it and serve your sinful desires, your freedom in Christ so that you might serve humbly your brothers and your sisters. And I see great parallels in the Spirit's admonition to the Galatians that we in the United States would be attentive to listen to. We'd be wise to learn from them, to understand that we don't take the gift, the blessings of liberty, the freedom that we've been given, and fail to use them like the church in Galatia in a worthy manner of the sacrifice that was required to gain us that freedom. While the blessings of liberty and freedom occupy our thoughts, I want to direct our attention to what I'm calling a worthy declaration. Timeless instructions to each and every one of us that we might both receive and apply the liberties that God has for us and that we might in all faithfulness and fidelity exercise the liberties and the responsibilities of the citizenship we profess. Be that the United States or heaven. Now we all know that on the 4th of July we celebrate our independence. It was the 4th of July, 1776, that the Continental Congress got together, and the 4th of July is the day we officially recognize that the delegates from the Continental Congress signed our Declaration of Independence, our freedom from the British Empire, the day we elect to celebrate the birth of our nation. I bring to you a remembrance of that worthy declaration familiar to all of us. When in the course of human events, it is necessary for one people to dissolve the political connections that bind them to another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle us. And a decent respect of the opinions of mankind requires that we should declare the causes which impel us to this separation. And, and here's a, a worthy declaration you're more familiar with. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In our Declaration of Independence, our nation's forefathers, flawed human beings though they were, they gifted us as a nation principles upon which we as a united people would adopt and we would pursue, why in order to form that more perfect union? I believe there's some common elements in this gift of freedom the Lord would have us to learn and to apply in our days. That which will inform us what truly makes up a worthy declaration. What declarations need to be applied and exercised in our life if we're to live up to the freedom that we have in Christ as the Galatians were instructed by the Spirit? How might we determine what indeed is a worthy declaration? First, I'd propose that any worthy declaration has truth at its foundation. Any worthy declaration has truth at its foundation. Everyone say with me, truth. Everyone say that again, truth. You know, I, I'm, I'm frequently amazed sometimes at, at what people will forward as absolute truth. Usually they're no more than ill-formed, suppositioned, half-baked hypothesis, or just downright ill-considered opinions. And people will say, well, no, this is the God-honest truth. And I said, well, I talked to God this morning, and that doesn't sound like his voice. You know, I, I, I'm not hard on when people forward like foolish things because I, I can remember some days where I had some absolute hardcore truths that I forward. I made a declaration that this is true, and I want to share that to you. Some because they come from my flying career. Here's an absolute truth: I know that thunderstorm looks ugly, but I'm sure we can fly over it. Here's another truth I'm absolutely guarantee you is worthy declaration. Yes, the runway looks small, but there's enough room for us. Here's one I really, really liked. You know what? 
I'm pretty sure we have enough gas to get us there. And of course, this is my all-time truth that I employed. What could possibly go wrong? You know, I, I share those with you because those weren't truths at all. You know, like you, I've probably heard a lot of people say, you know what, you have your truth and I have mine. And, and, and my friends, that's just not right. That's not true. Truth is truth. A truth is an expression of reality that applies equally to everybody else, whether you believe it or not. I mean, you don't have to believe in the truth of gravity, but if you go to the top of your house and jump off, I guarantee you, truth will introduce itself. Maybe not on the way down, but on the rapid deceleration, yes. Well, you don't have to believe in gravity, but it's true. And we have to understand about the truth that we have in any worthy declaration we would have. Let me give you some specific worthy declarations the Lord has added unto my life on which their foundation is truth and the truth I believe the Lord would recognize as their own. I love my wife and my kids. And I would do anything that they would experience the fullness of Christ. I'd, I, Daryl Jones, who solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, so help me God. A truth. We hold these to be self-evident that all men, they are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator. And a truth, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever believe in him would not perish but would have life everlasting. Uh, those are worthy declarations. Those are declarations with fine, their substance, their foundation in truth that God would recognize as his own. I want to highlight some declarations the Lord gifted to the church in Galatians and to us. Worthy declarations that Paul was bringing that they might live out their freedom in a manner worthy of their citizenship. Paul said, you, my brothers and sisters, you're called to be free. It's a declaration. You have freedom in Christ. Serve one another humbly in love. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a declaration of truth that comes with your relationship with Christ. Love your neighbor as yourself. A declaration on how our liberties should be lived out. The flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary. For it is freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Every worthy declaration in our life has as its central, a central element, the truth of God. I think one of the reasons that we can celebrate the 4th of July as a nation, that we as a nation, despite our many flaws, besides our wrinkles, despite the many times we have not lived up to the high ideals of our founding. In the foundation of our nation, there are truths I know the Lord would recognize as being his and his alone. For when our Constitution says all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator, God stands up and goes, yes, that's true. You are endowed by your creator. You are my handiwork. All men are equal in my side. My son died for all. God recognized that worthy declaration. And we can come together and we can recognize and celebrate the freedom we have given by our creator God, that we are men and women created in his image. We are ethical and moral beings that God says we can choose the right or the wrong. We can choose the light or the dark, that we can choose the freedom or slavery. And we can do that for he who the Son sets free is free indeed. 
We can come on Independence Day, acknowledge and celebrate our freedoms, the truth of our freedoms that we've been given, that each and every one of us has a responsibility, one to another, to care for one another, to bind up the wounds, to take care of those who are oppressed. Why? Because we are created in his image and in his likeness. And God charges us to care for one another. And his worthy declarations to Galatians and to us is to love one another, serve humbly, and love your neighbor as yourself. We can celebrate and acknowledge the freedoms that God gives us, our creator God, because he has blessed us with dignity and worth, not because a nation or individual tells us or grants it or allows us to have that, but we have dignity and worth because we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Our dignity, our worth, it comes not from a piece of paper. It comes not from an individual that says, you may, you can, but it comes from a God who says, you're mine and you are. And that on the 4th of July, that is a freedom God has given us that is worthy to celebrate. And so my encouragement for all of us who have gathered, citizens of both these United States and of heaven, let us take this Independence Day. Let us renew our commitment to live lives that God has revealed his truth by worthy declarations that God would recognize and claim as his own. When the world's falsehood, lies, and deceptions seek to squirm its way into our lives and to separate us from God, let us, with a worthy declaration, repeat the words of the psalmist, for the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Let that be our worthy declaration. When the imposters and the false claimants to my allegiance to Christ seek to come in to bully and to force and to threaten to punish, if I relinquish my freedoms in Christ. Let the spirit of David well up with me. Let my worthy declaration would be, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the nattering voices of our culture, when the popular opinion of the day, with the cultural claims and the media's Memes, when they define a truth that is not God's truth, may my soul's worthy declaration echo the truth and the one truth that only matters for those who would exercise. And that would be Jesus' worthy declaration where he said, I am the truth, I am the way, and I am the light. Let that be our witness. Let that be our testimony. Let that be the worthy declaration by the grace of God that each and every one live out. That truth, may that be ours. May his worthy declaration ever infuse the gift of freedoms that he's given us. And may those declarations always point to the truth and the reality of a risen Christ and his spirit working in and through us. For it is for freedom that Christ set us free. And let us employ those freedoms in a manner and a worthy that brings glory to our God in Jesus' name. Now, truth, and let me be specific in case you missed it in my spiritual enthusiasm, the truth who is the way, the truth and the life, that truth is an eternal an essential aspect of any worthy declaration. When I look at Paul's message in Galatians, his worthy declarations, I see another important aspect if our declarations are to have validity in the sight of God. This one's easy. A worthy declaration will always have the Lord in the mix. That's how I say it. That's how we say it in my neighborhood. God's in the mix. You can say the Lord is employing all of his divine powers on your behalf, and he is for you. But I like to say God's in the mix. And if it's a worthy declaration, God is going to be in the mix. That's why Paul said it is for freedom that Christ sets you free. If you're going to understand freedom, church in Galatia, early church, citizen of the kingdom of God that Pastor Charles has been talking about, he says if you're going to understand it, if you're going to receive it, if you're going to apply it, I want you to understand this worthy declaration. God's got to be in the mix. It ain't freedom, it ain't truth unless God is centered upon it. 
And my friends, while we rightly celebrate American ideals of liberty and freedom, hear me and hear me well, freedom and liberty may indeed be American ideals, but liberty and freedom are God's idea. Let me say that again. Liberty and freedom may indeed be American ideas, but liberty and freedom are God's idea. He is the sort. He is the fountainhead for all liberty and all freedom. And if God isn't in it, it ain't freedom. That's why I think God smiled when our nation was founded. Because at least we had the wisdom, our forefathers, to recognize that we are endowed by our Creator. We didn't make it up. It's not granted by a piece of paper. It can't come and go with the whims of society. But it's a rock-solid, worthy declaration that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. And I thank the Lord for those rights. Liberty and freedom, they're our ideals, but they're God's idea. And the Lord who established freedom as an unalienable right for human flourishing, God understands that slavery, bondage, is contrary to his creation. It's anathema to how God designed us to flourish. We have to have freedom to worship him. We're not robots. We're not slaves where God cracks a whip, it's that time to worship. No, God throws wide open his arms and it's a time. It's an invitation and we have freedom to respond. Nobody grabs you by the ear today and say, it's time to go to Bethel. You have freedom. Now, Martha and I have been missionaries and we've been in places where to show up and to worship, you'd be taking your life in your hands. It's a gift and a freedom and a liberty that we have to come in and worship the Lord. And we would be foolish if we would ignore that. That's God's idea that we would come and worship him in spirit and in truth, in the blessings of liberty that we have. That's God's idea. He's given us an idea for flourishing. He's in the mix. Freedom from every wicked and oppressive sin, every bondage that would bring us down, every darkness that would come into our souls and eclipse the light of the knowledge of the glory of God found only in the face of Christ Jesus. That's the freedom. That's God's idea that we should exercise. And since we're celebrating our nation, its history, its independence, how about an example from our history when our nation was forced to decide whether or not we would live out our worthy declarations not just on paper but in deed and in action. You know, July 4th is when we celebrate our independence, but there was another 4th, and that was March 4th in 1865. It was on the occasion of President Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address. The 16th President of the United States was recently elected in the midst of the bloodiest conflict our land has ever seen. Lincoln was sharing to a nation still divided by a terrible war, grappling with living out the worthy declarations that our forefathers signed on the 4th of July, 1766, but had yet to be realized by a third of the population in this nation. And so Lincoln said in that inaugural address, he said, fondly do we hope, but fervently do we pray that this mighty scourge of war might readily pass away. He said, yet, but if it is God's will that it continue until every wealth that has been piled up by the bondsman's 250 years of unrequited labor be sunk, and that every drop of blood brought forth by the lash would be suffered by another to be brought forth by the sword, then as it was said thousands of years ago, so will it be in our time. The judgments of the Lord are true and altogether righteous. Lincoln was letting a nation known, torn apart by living out the freedom that they were given. Will we hold our fellow man in slavery, or will we work and fight and labor to secure that liberty? What mighty declaration. And Lincoln was reminding a nation, war-torn that it was, days before his assassination, that if we're to live up to the responsibility and the blessings of liberty that we had been given 
afflicted, then God will have to be in the mix. And what God has to do for the nation to excise the evil, the sin, the bondage of 250 years, then God's judgments are true and altogether righteous. And he said, as a nation, we will not shrink back from that. His worthy declaration reminds us that every worthy declaration has at its center God. God's in the mix. We can't exclude him. And any worthy declaration must have God as an indefensible part of the equation. If we abandon that, then we abandon him. God's got to be in the mix. That's what the Declaration of Independence, when it talked about the laws of nature and nature's God. That's what it talks about when it says that all men are created equal and they're endowed by their creator. It's like we're not making this up. We can't change our mind. This comes from God and only God gives it. It's a blessing and it's what we're building this foundation upon. Paul, when he's writing the Church of Galatians, he's saying, look, God's in the mix. It is for freedom that not Paul it is for freedom not anyone else it is for freedom that Christ has set you free he later goes on to say that the spirit is contrary to your bondage in flesh so therefore walk in the spirit and he goes on to say and these are the gifts of the spirit God's in the mix if you're to exercise the liberties that God has given through the sacrifice of Christ. There was another inaugural address I'll bring your attention to. You're probably familiar with it. You can find it in the fourth chapter of Luke. It was when an itinerant preacher walked in in the early part of his ministry. And as was the case, they brought out the scroll, and they brought out the scroll, and this minister went to Isaiah 61, and he made a worthy declaration, and he was declaring to all those within the sound of his voice and all of those of lost Israel, what he was telling them is, God's in the mix. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner, recovery to sight of the blind, and to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord's favor. Jesus, when he began his ministry, it was a worthy declaration, and what he was saying is, God's in the mix, God's in the house, God has sent me, God, Emmanuel, is among you, and no worthier inaugural address has man ever heard. Each and every one of us has to grapple with that truth. We have to grapple that if we're to have worthy declarations that God recognizes in my life, that God recognizes in your life, God's going to be, have to be in that mix. If it's not, it's, it's not even worth listening. It's unworthy of consideration and it's unworthy of celebration. If our founding documents did not put God at the center of how we are to live, how we are to treat each other as citizens, how we are to conduct one another, how we are to treat the less fortunate, how we are to realize that our blessings aren't our blessings done by anything, it's passed down from our fathers to the children, to the children, to the children, and another generation. If we're to understand that the liberties that we have were purchased by those much worthier in us, then we would be careful to make sure God remains in the mix, in the liberties that we exercise, that God might look upon how we exercise the freedoms we have in Christ and say, that's mine. I support that. That's a worthy declaration. Let me tell you, when you woke up this morning and God clothed you in your right mind and brought you in health to come and to worthy and say, today I will worship the Lord. That's a worthy declaration. God is in the mix. When our children come before us and they say, and his children, and his children. I'm like, that's a worthy declaration when they say, amen, amen, amen. They're saying, God's will be done. That's a worthy declaration. God's in the mix. That God recognized. That we can celebrate. That's worth the rocket's red glare. Each and every one of us, I pray we take this time, this celebration of our freedoms and our liberty to seek the Lord 
who both does grant and guarantee the liberties that we enjoy and the ones that we pursue. Wait, 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 wait. Before I go, what and how we pursue are very important. What and how we pursue the liberties that we've been given, that's an important of any worthy declaration. It's not enough to say it with your lips. It's what are you pursuing? What are you going after? The church in Galatians says, oh, we love the Lord. And and Paul's saying, what? You're living what? How? What are you chasing after? Circumcision? What? What What are you looking for? Having been granted your freedom by Jesus Christ, it's for freedom that Christ sets you free. What you pursue matters. It matters such that our worthy declarations are more than air moving past our lips, but they have some action, they have some verve behind them. A truly Christ-recognized declaration will always state the priority of our pursuits. I'll read from verse 7 and 10 in Paul's admonition to the church. He says, you were running a good race, but who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. That's a worthy declaration. Paul is saying, who cut you off? What are you chasing after? What's true is God in the mix, but I see you chasing something unworthy of the declaration, unworthy of the freedom of the Spirit. Paul stating these saints were in danger of abandoning the truth, of leaving the Lord's out of the liberties as they exercised them, to dismissing the freedoms in Christ that his sacrifice endeavored on their behalf. They were pursuing poorly. Pursuing poorly. Hey, my brothers and sisters, I hope you've been listening to Pastor Charles the last couple of weeks. He and Sister Lori have been reminding us about pursuing poorly. Do you remember what he said three sermons ago? He's talking to us about the kingdom of God. And a reminder from the Apostle Matthew that Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all the rest would be added. And so in announcing the kingdom, the first priority, so you don't wind up taking the liberty that you have, it's if you're going to be a, a citizen of the kingdom of God, first you should pursue God. And that's not a one-time thing. That's a daily thing for each and every one of us that when we rise up and God clothes us in our right mind, the first thing out of our mouth ought to be, thank you, Jesus. The second thing should be, thank you, Jesus. The third thing should be, let me get on my knees. And as Bob said, thank you, Jesus. Let me pursue you, God, who has pursued me and saved me. Paul is stating that. If God's priority and pursuits to be part of our worthy declarations. You know, in our declaration, it says that we are all created equal and that we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and, and that's a worthy declaration. It's true. God's in the mix. God recognizes it. But we sometimes just gloss over it. It's just part of our tradition. First, it says among these. That means that list is not exhaustive. That means if I got a living, if I'm alive and I'm a happy, I fulfilled the contracts of the deal. I'm exercising the blessings of liberty. I got a job. I'm alive. I'm happy. How's that? And God says, no, no, no. You might be pursuing the wrong thing. You have misapplied the blessings of liberty. You're pursuing the wrong thing. And if our priorities in the pursuit are worthy declarations, God would recognize. Let us never settle for making a living when God calls us to embrace life. For I came that you have, what did Jesus say? Life and life to the full. If we're not to pursue poorly, if our priorities in pursuit are to be part of our worthy declarations, never let us substitute License for liberty. 
For that is what Paul said. He said, my brothers, my sisters, we're called to be free. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. He says, you have mistaken license for liberty. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now that is a worthy declaration. That's a pursuit God can get behind. If God's priorities, pursuits are to be part of our worthy declaration, let our life not be satisfied with the low bar of happiness. No, but among these pursuits, let us lift it to a higher, as Paul says in Galatians chapter 5. So I say, be happy. I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Let our lives pursuit declare the worthy fruit of the Spirit, which is love and peace and forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. And since we live with the Spirit... Pursue, let us walk with the Spirit. That's a worthy pursuit. You know, I, I was praying with my wife, and she says, honey, you're going to do great. And I said, I, I don't want to do great. You know, I, I just want to take a little bit of time and just walk with God and just share a little kindness and love and forbearance and peace and charity and goodness and self-control. Just, just a stroll this morning with his people just to worship him in freedom, just to make my pursuit of God part of today, my worthy declaration that, Lord God, I will follow, and I will follow hard after you. I'm going to ask the praise team if they will come forward as I'm getting ready to close. I understand you probably got, like, fireworks in the back of your car that you probably shouldn't have brought here. I know, I know, you probably got them on South Carolina. Pedro, south of the border, coming wide up. Oh, honey, we're getting close to Virginia. Better pull over and get those. So I'm going to let you go so those fireworks don't cook off. Amen? But you know, as we get ready to celebrate our Independence Day, as we get ready to embrace the worthy declarations, truth, God in the mix, the pursuits that God would have us, it's important for each of us to ask if the light of the knowledge of the glory of God is a declaration we can make in our lives. Whether each and every one of us can say in our worthy declarations we have declared Christ as Lord and Savior. In our worthy declarations that truly we have said in my acceptance of Christ as Savior, He has transformed me in from the darkness into His marvelous, marvelous life. From the bondage of sin and of corruption into life in Christ's everlasting life, that which he both gives and guarantees through the blood of his Son, Christ Jesus, which we celebrated in communion today. You know, I, I believe today as we get ready to celebrate our day of independence, there's some here today, and it's time for their worthy declaration. It's time for the truth that God has been pursuing you. It's time for them to recognize that God is in the mix and desires a relationship with you. It's time for them to see that before they began pursuing God, God was pursuing them. And he demonstrated that on a cross in Calvary 2,000 years ago, that you might be free and that you might be his. And so what I ask is every eye to close and every head to bow and us to bring our hearts before the Lord and to see if there is a worthy declaration that we would have, to see if it's time for one here to embrace the one who came that we might have life and life to the full, to accept into their hearts the one who is indeed the way, the truth, and the life, the one who indeed comes that we might be able to cast off the bondage of sin in this world's brokenness and enter into freedom and his wholeness that we might pursue our best Christ destiny with the freedom that Christ gave that we might be free. And so if you're here today under the sound of my voice, 
If you're here today and you're watching via live stream and you would say, Pastor Darrell, today I would make that declaration. I would say, Christ, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. If you would make that part of your worthy declaration and mean that with your heart, if you just slip up your hand so that we can pray for you today, we don't want anyone to leave unless that declaration is part of their life. If that's you and you would say today, I would accept you, Lord Jesus, into my heart. If that's you, could you just slip up your hand? We're not going to keep you long. We're not going to lay. We want to make sure that everyone has a chance. We'll be attentive unto the Spirit as He is moving. Today might be the day for someone to accept the freedom that comes to cast off the bonds of sin and darkness and enter into freedom and light found in Christ. We're not going to day long. If that's you, if you just slip up your hand so that we can pray for you, we won't delay long. I see that hand, brother. I see that hand. You, you can put that down. Maybe if you're here, if there's some other, we're, we're going to take time as much as the Spirit needs. Maybe there's someone that's here today that's joining us via live stream, and you would say, Lord, today I would make that declaration. I would declare you as Lord and Savior. I, Father God, would repent of my sins, and I would ask that you accept me into your kingdom. If that's you today, you can just acknowledge that, and one of the individuals, one of our facilitators online will join with you what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask our altar team to come forward, if you could. Altar team, our prayer team, if you could come forward as we get ready to dismiss. Can we just thank the Lord? Can we thank the Lord for today? If that hand went up, brother, if you would like to come down, great. If not, we will pray for you here. For those that have, uh, have responded online, we're going to pray as one body, for we have freedom in Christ. We have liberty to do so. And so, congregation, I ask that you join me for those who made that worthy declaration today. Dear Jesus, and say this with me. Dear Jesus, I confess today that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe on the third day he rose again. I believe that because of his sacrifice, he can renew my heart. He can renew my soul. He can renew my mind. He can transform my life. He can grant me life and life to the full. Jesus, that is my worthy declaration. I say yes to you. I say yes to you coming to my life. I say yes to receiving your Holy Spirit. And I say yes to eternal life in the mind of Christ. Jesus, I say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. I pray that if you prayed that prayer that you might look the same, you might sound the same, but God's going to be doing some different things. He has transported you from bondage to freedom, that you might enjoy the blessings of liberty, that you might exercise your citizenship as now a member in the kingdom of God. Join heirs with Christ Jesus in all of God's fullness for your life. As we get ready to close today, I understand that not every day is Independence Day. I understand that many of us wrestle with weights and burdens and sin. It says in Hebrews that we should lay down not only the sin, but the weights that so easily beset us. And, and I'm not so naive to believe that when we celebrate Independence Day, when we wave our sparklers, throw our illegal firecrackers, and hopefully correctly launch our bottle rockets, that might not be some of us here that aren't living that life of freedom. There might be something in our life, a sin, a habit, a concern, a burden that's weighing them down. And we don't want anyone to leave today burdened down, 
Today is your independence day from whatever that sin or weight or heaviness that's upon your heart. And so as we get ready to dismiss, I'll ask you to rise to your feet. And what I will do is I will offer this invitation that as we close out today, if there's anything that you need prayer for, we're going to hang around. Okay? That's the truth of it. Our good declaration today is God is in the mix and a worthy pursuit is that you might exercise and experience the freedom in Christ that he has for you. And so we're going to keep the altar open and we're going to pray for that release that you might walk in the freedom for which Christ died that you might experience that. We do thank you, Father God. Let us close in prayer. Thank you, Father God, for the day that you have given. Thank you, Lord God, that as citizens of these United States, we might indeed exercise, Father God, the blessings of liberty, knowing, Father God, that every good and perfect gift comes from above, the gift that we have of freedom, to worship you in freedom and in truth, the freedoms that we have in this nation to gather together, to lift up the name of Jesus, we don't take it for granted, Father God. We receive it as a gift, and we ask that by the power of your Spirit, the very grace of God, that we would exercise, Father God, these liberties in a manner that you recognize and support, that the freedom that we have, we would not exchange our liberty for license. We would not exchange the truth of Christ for the lies of this world. We would not substitute unworthy worthy pursuits when, Father God, you have told us to walk by your Spirit. And so, Father God, I speak blessings upon your people. Let them, Father God, experience the truth of a resurrected Christ. May they walk in the liberty and the freedom that Christ died that we might exercise. May we, Father God, acknowledge and celebrate you as the author of every liberty worth living out. For these blessings that we have given and received from the throne of heaven, all those who agreed said amen and amen. You are dismissed. Have a blessed Independence Day. God bless, Bethel. God bless. We're here to pray as you need it. God bless. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.